Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to another week, another day another episode from the For The Girl podcast. We're your hosts, Mac and Kens, and we are so excited about today's episode. This has been one that we have been wanting to do for a long time, and it's really fun that we get to do it in the context of the book of John. And so today's episode is for the girl who has been doubting her faith. And maybe you are like, you've been waiting for this episode, or maybe you know someone who's doubting their faith, or maybe uh, it's just something that's there in the back of your mind, in the back of your heart. You've been questioning this thing that perhaps you believe for a really long time. Well, today's episode is for you. We are going to dive in and just soak in that topic for a while. And it's one that we're both pretty passionate about and excited about. So it's going to be good. But gonna be let me good. introduce you to my host, Ken's Ray Durham. Ken's. <laughs> Ken's oh Ken's. my gosh. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are very excited to be chatting here today. Have I told you that my uh, at the gym that I go to now, the guy calls me Ken's and he calls me Kenzie <laughs> yeah. Ken's? He'll be like, come on, Kenzie Kens. And now awesome. I want to call you Kenzie Kens. Are you fine with your nickname? Are you going to like tell him ever? Or? <clears throat> well, it's funny. So there's this one girl that works at the gym. She's one of the trainers. And weirdly enough, like I know her from like back in the day, like from mm-hmm. high school. She was like, she was like, her husband worked with my dad when I was in high school. And uh, she said to me the other day, she was like, "Uh, I keep meaning to tell the trainer that your name is not Ken's. (laughs) And I was like, like, oh, you got my back. She's like, yeah, I hear him call you Ken's. And I'm like, no, she's back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I posted this on the story the other day, but um, did you see, I have, my sister got me this like M necklace I think you have a little letter necklace or whatever, but Uh people are so confused about what it stands for. Like even my mom. Did it your mom? Yeah. (laughs) She was like, what does your necklace stand for? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Mackenzie. Like everybody's so confused. Like actually when I put that on the story, there were like multiple people that were like, wait, I've been wondering this. <laughs> wait, like, that's so funny. That's hilarious. Wait, I think mine's random with my B. I have a B around my neck and I yeah. kind of like that it's random. Like it's so <laughs> random. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty random, but it's not. Bridges, if yeah. you guys are confused. Yeah. It's pretty cute of you, Mac, that you have a B on yours. Well, Tyler got it for me for some holiday, like when we were engaged. So it was like, it made a lot of sense in engagement, but now it's cute. (laughs) (laughs) I told him I want him to get me a T. I want to wear a T around my neck for Tyler. Oh, no. Everything's getting worse, Mac. It's just getting worse and worse. (laughs) 
<laughs> Everybody's dying right now. I just vomited in my mouth. Um, oh my goodness. Okay, Ken's, what are you doing this weekend? What are your weekend plans? Nothing. Like literally nothing. And I'm like so excited about it. I actually met a girl the other day in the sauna and <laughs> she lives in our neighborhood. And she talked about how she like tries to not use her car on the weekends and just hang out in the neighborhood. And I was inspired. So of course, yeah, this weekend, I'm literally not going to drive my car. I'm going to like sleep in. I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to, oh, we're watching um, the Top Gun movie on Sunday night. And I'm really excited because I heard it's really You're good. You're going to go. Are you going to theaters? Yeah, the it's, Soho Theater, too. I'm oh, nice. Excited. It's so good. Like, you're going to die. It's like the best movie ever. We watched, the, we watched the first one last night to get prepared. Oh, and did you like it? Actually, yeah. I mean, I did yeah. fall asleep oh. for like 30 minutes in the middle, but I really liked what I saw. Then you will, you will love the new Top Gun. It's really good. Do you remember the first one? I do. Like, I remember watching it with my dad, like, back in the day. I don't remember much of it. I want to rewatch it. We mean, we've been meaning to rewatch it, but okay. you don't need to even see the first one to get the second one. Yeah, but I'm kind of glad I did. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. <clears throat> um, nice. So, that's my plan to do nothing, probably say no to a lot of people and stuff. You know, just so popular. <laughs> that sounded like I like it. <laughs> so many people are going to reach out. Probably not, but. Definitely going to say no. Okay, Mac, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, man. So we are – I'm actually so excited. We're having a sibling staycation. So Ooh. my sister and her husband, my brother and his wife – my other brother lives in Arizona. He's not coming. but And we are staying at like a fancy hotel here in Charlotte for a night. We're going to go to the pool there. The boys are going to golf. We're going to – go out to a nice dinner together and I'm really excited. Fun sibling hang time. So we're doing that. Fun. that. Ooh, yeah. That's a fun idea. Who came up with that idea? Well, originally I had gotten this like round of golf for Tyler in Pinehurst, North Carolina, which is like a famous golf town, but it fell through because of weather. So then I was trying to reschedule and I invited my brother and sister oh. or I invited and then we just made it a whole thing, and then it changed, and somehow oh. it turned into this. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Who, um, who's the best at golf? Uh, well, probably Ryan, my brother Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, like, really into it. Are Ryan and Chase, my brothers, you know, are amazing golfers. And then Tyler is obsessed with golf. He is really working hard to break uh, yeah. 80s. Yep. Are you excited so, that you married a golfer? Yes and no. Okay. Yes, because it is really cute, like the bonding, like when we go on family vacations, them all going to golf together. And I actually really like to watch golf, like on TV. So I'm down for a Sunday what? watching that golf. Is shocking. I literally I, I'd rather literally bake in the humid sun outside than watch golf. I actually really like golf. Like this past weekend was the US Open and it was like it was really fun. What? Um and then but that's like my whole life. My whole life, that's what's happened because my whole family loves golf. No, because, I mean, golf takes so much time. It is, I mean, yeah. you you know the saying like golf widow? Like, <laughs> that's I, I'm not that. I'm not that. But um, I'm pushing hard not to become that. I'm always like wow, you're really obsessed with golf these days. And he's like, I've always been obsessed with golf. And I'm like, 
Are you sure? <laughs> so you like already plays a lot. And you don't wait, do you like kind of having your own time though? I feel like you like go get your nails done, you know. Well, weirdly, okay, it's so funny. Like I I definitely like once a week for sure. Like if you wanted to go play golf once a week, that's like so fun me time. But he was wanting to join like a club and where that means he would go like every day after work and go hit golf oh, balls and play a few holes. Wow. And I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Then you like literally just don't know where he is at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't, I, I just told him, I was like, I don't know, babe. I'm not sure if we're ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're talking about this on the podcast. Okay. Oh, I got to ask you questions. Gosh. I have okay. to ask you your questions. Okay. Yeah. We, pulled you guys on the Instagram for some questions and I'm asking some questions for Ken. So Ken, if you could have dinner with anyone in the Bible, Taylor asks, besides Jesus, who oh, would it be easy. and why? I know who you'd say. Yeah. Rolling I'm my eyes. Peter, because he is. I you like- always trying to hang out with the boys. Always. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I should have said a girl once again. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can say Peter. Top of mind, Peter. I feel like he'd just be like hyper and excited to hang, number one. And then also I feel like he'd like drag me along to like do something crazy or, I mean, if it was during when Jesus walked on the earth, then it'd probably be something crazy that I get to like be with Jesus, which would be awesome. But even if it was just Peter now, post Jesus's death, I'd still be down for it because he'd take me to do something fun. Crazy, wild, I'd learn a lot. It'd be fun. That's what I would say. That's good. Okay, Peter it is. I love it. Somebody else said, Beck said, we need Ken's to give an update on Josh's hitchhiking experience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So maybe update people who didn't see this on the stories. What happened? Oh, okay. Just quickly. Me and Josh were on a camping trip across the country. Like we went to California, drove all the way from Nashville to California, and then did the thing on the coast of California for a few weeks, and then drove back. And we drove back, super long drive. We were in the middle of Nebraska, and our car ran out of gas, which is just so classic. I don't know. If you guys know this, but I ran out of gas like all the time. I was driving and I could have. It was you. Yeah. Yeah. It was me. Josh was working on his computer <laughs> and I was like, no, but it wasn't my fault. Like we had 40 miles left of gas. And then I put in the, I literally had just put in my navigation, like a gas station that was 20 miles away. So we were probably like, we were we shouldn't have run out of gas, but it was really, really hot. And I think when it's just really hot and you're pulling a trailer, it goes really fast. And so anyways, we found ourselves, it was like a construction zone on the side of the freeway. Like we were like one foot from like flying cars. And then also it was like 105 degrees. And we also were like six or 10 miles from the gas station or something. So not like you couldn't have walk or ran or anything. Like yeah. Yep. So that's what happened. And AAA wasn't going to come. Nothing was going to come. Nor am I so responsible. He, did he do the thumb? Oh, yep. For a while. But then there was, a, there was a construction worker that was like driving on the other side. And so he, which was better than the, a real person because. Yeah. 
they would have to come back, which like the construction worker was probably fine with. But hitchhiking, you just jump in and go to your next, the next forward destination. destination. Yeah. So he went with the hitchhiker. It was great. I stayed in the car, which I didn't know. Should, would you have stayed in the car? Or would you have gone with him? Because I was like, okay, both are a little like questionable. Like if you go, yeah. I don't know. But if you stay, I don't know. So I got a little freaked out when I was sitting there. How long were you sitting there by yourself for? Like 25 minutes probably. Yeah, that's weird. It was weird. And a construction worker came up at the last five minutes. And I was like, Lord, please. Be- oh, I mean, my goodness. It's probably harmless. But, I, you know, you get freaked out. So Totally. Anyways, that's the situation. But we did pick up hitchhikers throughout our journey. I never even told you that. And it was so fun. It's like very much more normal in California, especially when you're like in the like uh, more northern side where like there's a ton of hiking and stuff. Like we picked a couple of hitchhikers up like in Mammoth Mountain. And then when we were in Yosemite, it was like super fun. Good way to share the gospel. The good news. Yes. Only if you're safe, though. Oh, yeah, I should probably qualify that. This is not my advice to pitch up hitchhikers. <laughs> Use your discernment. Proceed with caution. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, I love it. that was really long. You're going to have to pick a short one now. The okay. One. The last one is how do you – this is a little bit more serious. How do you truly feel content in the season you are in? Give us the quicker version. How do I feel content in the season I'm in? Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like it's probably being grateful for, like, the little things and the little moments um, and not Mm -hmm. always having to, like, have, like, the days that are full with the best things ever, but actually being, like, finding joy on a regular Monday or on a Wednesday when you just have your, like, simple routines and yeah. your simple job to go to. It's finding joy in the midst of that. That's good. Gratitude. Yes. Okay. Wow. We got through the questions. We made this go way too long, so we're going to jump right into our episode. We're really excited Uh, for this one. It's going to be awesome. Okay, you guys, I wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you a little bit about Smile Brilliance Night Guards. I know, I know, it sounds a little bit random, but night guards are actually super important, especially if you felt stressed or anxious. We often unknowingly grind our teeth at night, causing permanent damage to our teeth, inviting infections, cavities, and lifelong tooth sensitivity. So maybe you're somebody who knows you've grinded your teeth for super long and you just haven't taken action. This is your sign. Today is the day to actually get a night guard. Or maybe for you, you're just feeling stressed and anxious and you know this is probably gonna be a part of your future. It's so much easier to prevent the damage than seeking a cure after the fact. So night guards are super, super important. Um, And today you can get a discount on your night guard um, by going to smilebrilliant.com and using the code FTG50. 
FAM for 20%. That's F-T-G-F-A-M, like family, for 20% off your night guard. It's a super easy process. You can get custom fitted night guards and they keep them on file so that you can easily and affordably access new ones or get one at any point in time. So head to smilebrilliant.com and make sure you got a good smile full of joy, white, pretty, and ready to go, you guys. Head to smilebrilliant.com. Okay, so today's topic is for the girl who is doubting her faith. And it's a kind of a funny uh, topic to talk about because I doubt it's one that many people are like super excited to click upon because maybe you have been feeling some doubts in your faith journey. And I think oftentimes, especially when we're in the midst of Christian circles, Christian communities, when we feel doubt, immediately we feel shame with it. Like we, we're embarrassed about it. We don't know who we can talk to about it. And so we just kind of push it down, push it to the side, bury it. And oftentimes I think what happens when we don't address doubt, it begins to grow and it can almost begin to consume us. And so we love that you clicked on this episode because I believe it's that first step, like in order to overcome doubt, I think the first step is to admit that you are feeling the doubts and that's okay. And what I love and what I think we're going to see from today's passage of scripture and also just from this whole conversation is how Jesus welcomes our doubts and he actually extends us a beautiful invitation into even deeper faith even deeper trust in him in the midst, in the face of our doubts. And so if you're doubting your faith, if you're doubting, is it worth it? If you're doubting um, maybe just the way you've believed things in the past, like you are in the right spot. And I really believe that this, just the fact that you clicked on this is just evidence of Jesus pursuing your heart and uh, welcoming your doubts with open arms so that he can speak to them and he can help you and walk with you to overcome them. And um, so I'm really excited about today's episode and also like to the girl who's maybe doubting, just kind of speaking it over you that it's so normal. <laughs> I, it's so normal. You're not crazy. You're not uh, like totally lost. I think that there's been seasons in both Ken's and I's lives when we've had to face doubts and had to be really intentional with where we took those doubts. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's why we're excited about today and pumped to get into this conversation. Yes, it's good. No, I, I for sure want to get more comfortable talking about doubts. I feel like it's something that I'm still growing in. Like, I feel like even personally, sometimes when I have questions, especially just being in ministry and in leadership, I'm like, oh, I can't like bring that up. I can't Mm -hmm. even bring that up to Mac. She's going to be like, oh my gosh, you got to take a break from the podcast. Or like, you know, you're thinking these (laughs) things all the time of like, yeah, like, what are people going to think of me? Am I going to lose friends? Like, what is this going to look like for me? And yeah, I mm. think like a lot of us in within like the Christian culture do need to get more comfortable with it, because I think it's through just asking these questions that we'll see God show up in bigger ways. And that will have like, more understanding and yeah. more like, yeah, just more like grit and texture to our relationship with Jesus, which I think is important. We can't go off like just our first encounter, but seeking like, 
an encounter and a deeper understanding. That was so poetic, Kens. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm more grit and more grit and texture to our understanding. Like I like that I'm writing that down. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I know you're not writing. I am writing it down. More grit. I am. No, that was good. That was what are you good. Even, is that a mm. post-it note? Is that a post-it note you have over it's there? It's a giant post-it note. <laughs> Where are you going to put that? Okay. This is good. Doubt allows us to have more grit and texture to our understanding of That's Jesus. true. It's true. Yeah. I believe that. And I think it's through surfacing doubt in our lives that we'll just go deeper with him and – yeah, not that we like wish it upon our, upon ourselves, but I do think it's a good and important season. So, if you're here, we want to welcome you. Um, we are studying the Book of John right now as a for the girl fam, and we're towards the end. Wait, we are at the end. We are on our final week, week six, um, and we talk about. There's many things we talk about in this week, but. We are going to hone in on the story of Thomas um, when he doubted Jesus. Um, And it's such a fun story. It's actually, I actually love reading this. I had so much personal commentary as I walked through this one because it's just interesting. But anyways, I'm going to just kind of just overview it. But really the main point of this episode is we actually want to talk about spiritual practices that you can you can do in seasons of doubting. To be honest, we were like feeling, at least I was feeling super overwhelmed preparing for this podcast because I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to answer everybody's questions? Mm-hmm. Like this is obviously like a really cultural topic right now, what it looks like. Like the word deconstruction is really popular. We probably have friends going through that. And I like really felt a ton of pressure to have to answer everybody's questions. So I'll just forewarn you, this is not that. (laughs) We actually (laughs) just wanted to start the conversation. And it, it, me and Mac have actually been talking about behind the scenes of how we can have more conversation about this topic. And so there'll be more to come on it, but this is just kind of episode one and just sort of hitting on some things. And honestly, one of the most important things, which is the spiritual Mm -hmm. practices. Um, Because I can imagine if you're in a season of doubt, you're just really not you're probably not wanting to be there and you probably feel really lost in it. So hopefully we're going to give you, I think it's six different things that you can begin doing in this season. You do not have to do them all. Um, but maybe a couple will stick and feel resonate with you and in this moment of your life. But we're going to start off by just looking at this story of Thomas, just looking at the scripture um, and beginning there. So there's this moment um, after Jesus is resur- after Jesus died and resurrected where he appears to his disciples. This is in John 20. Um, and we're specifically looking at verses like 19 through, uh, yeah, 20, uh, 29. Um, and yeah, basically what happened is Jesus shows up while the disciples are gathered together and shows himself to them. And of course, they're like, oh my gosh, this Jesus who just died, who we just witnessed died on the cross is now here with us in flesh and they're freaking out. They're full of joy because they're finally seeing him again. But Thomas, one of the disciples, happened to not be there with them. We don't know where he was or what he was doing, but he wasn't in the room. And so then later on, the disciples come to Thomas and they're like, oh my gosh, Thomas, we just saw Jesus. He just like appeared to us and 
It was the craziest thing ever. And Thomas, he was like, uh, okay, I don't, what is the scripture? He says, uh, <laughs> he says this, he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Basically saying like, I want to see this myself. Um, which I actually love this response from Thomas because he could have, and I think a lot of us find ourselves here where we hear stories about Jesus showing up in other people's lives and our faith is built upon other people's encounters. And then sometimes later on or in the future, it could be put into question and we're like, what the heck? Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if I believe that for ourselves. And so I love Thomas's like hunger and request to see Jesus for himself um, I just think that's really cool. And so basically, long story short is Jesus comes back to where the disciples are gathered another time. Thomas was there this time and he got to touch Jesus's scars and mm-hmm. believe it for himself. So we're going to jump in a little bit deeper, but I think a lot of us can relate to Thomas right now, just having questions and doubts and wanting Jesus to show up for us. And, um, yeah, so we're going to kind of bounce back and forth. I can start us off. Oh, Mac attack with the speeches. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> I okay. know. Anyway, okay, so um, yeah, the first thing that I kind of want to pull from this story in John 20 is how Thomas um, asked things of God. And how we, in these seasons of doubting, can ask things of God. Because a lot of us are probably, when we're doubting, we're just not, we like tune ourselves out to encounters with him. Or we walk away from the potential of meeting with him. And I believe that in these seasons, like Thomas, we can say those same words. And I'll just say them again. I love the, just like the angst in his voice. He's like, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. He's like, yo, I want to see this for myself. And I actually, when I was reading this story, I thought about what my response would be if like a bunch of my friends came, my closest friends came to me and were like, oh my gosh, like I just encountered Jesus I saw him, you missed it, but you've got to believe it. It was like the craziest thing ever. And I actually was sitting there thinking, and I was like, I feel like I've actually been in situations like this, actually, where I've like, where my friends have come to me and they're like, okay, I just like experienced the like wildest thing ever. And it was so crazy. The Lord, like, I mean, things like this, like where they're like, the Lord healed this guy at church who couldn't see and or at a worship night. And it was like, so mind blowing. Oh my gosh. And oftentimes my response in those moments is to like turn away. And I kind of get like, (laughs) I honestly get a little bitter. I'm like, uh, number one, do I believe that? Number two, you seem way too hype about this. And it's just turning me off. And I have FOMO and jealousy. (laughs) I feel less than, I don't feel as spiritual. And I'm like, slowly but surely stop hanging out with that person more. Stop going to that church service anymore. I just like, I kind of feel like I don't do what Thomas 
did and I kind of walk away. And mm-hmm. I think we can probably all find ourselves there. Um, especially when you're doubting, you just kind of turn off. You're kind of bitter. You're kind of just like, uh, that's weird. And so I just want to really, I personally am convicted by Thomas and I want, Mm. I hope that you see this in his response. He's like, he's pressing in. He's like, I'm going to get to that worship night. I'm going to get to that church service. I want to see this for myself. And like, Mm. yeah, in a season of doubting, I just want to challenge you instead of walking away to start asking God to show up for, to start asking him. And this takes personal responsibility. Mm. It does. Like you can't just be going about your own daily things and where you want to go or what you want to do and expect him to pop up. Like, like, like Thomas, you got to be back in that room. Like you got to like seek him he'll seek you. And I really do believe that. I believe when we ask and when we have that hunger again, or at least curiosity again, a curiosity is really big. I think that Mm. he will show up um, in random, unexpected ways. So that's the first thing is starting to ask things of God. Yeah. And I I love it. And I want to stick on that one for a second, because I think oftentimes the church and just like our Christian culture today, we've kind of taught people that you should be ashamed of your doubts and that you should hide them and cover them up and keep them in the dark. And I think that mindset almost keeps us from Jesus. We've almost been taught that if we're, if we're doubting, like hide it from him. Um, but I, I think like I love Thomas's response. And then I love even more Jesus's response. Like Jesus knows about his doubts. And this is literally what he says. Then he said to Thomas, he immediately, he gets in that room and he says to the disciples first, peace be with you. And then he goes, Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Like Jesus had an answer for Thomas's doubts. Like Jesus didn't go to Thomas and go, Thomas, why have you been doubting? Oh my goodness. Mm. How could you? Like, do you not remember who I was a few days ago? Like he literally confronts those doubts with evidence of Mm. who he is. And I think the same is true. Like rather than running away and hiding our doubts, like if we just schedule that appointment with Jesus, if we take our doubts straight to Jesus, we get really honest with him. He has evidence for us. He has a response for us that is filled with grace, but it's also filled with truth. Like he literally says Mm -hmm. to Thomas, here's the evidence for your doubt And then he says, stop doubting and believe. And I think that the same is true. Like if we're willing to not keep it in the dark and to be ashamed of it, but if we're willing to take it to Jesus, I really do believe he has those answers for us. If we will trust him enough to go to him and to bring it to him. And so I love that. Just the first thing is like, you can, you can trust your Jesus with your doubts. You can trust that he's not going to shame you. He's actually going to meet you with an answer and he's going to give you what you need to be able to overcome those doubts. And I think that's exactly what scripture teaches us. Like Jesus was not afraid of Thomas's doubts. Um, He met him in him and he met them in them, which is so powerful. So Asking yeah. things of God, going to Jesus in your doubts, not keeping them in the dark is so important. Mm-hmm. First thing. Um, and then the second spiritual practice that we really want to encourage you to do is 
to keep one friend in your close circle that really loves Jesus. Um, and maybe someone that like you, you look up to how they love Jesus and their faith walk. I, I love that Thomas, again, although he had questions, he didn't run away from his people. I think oftentimes in our world today, when we disagree with somebody, we're like quick to cancel them, isolate ourselves from them, run away mm-hmm. from them, not go to dinner with them, not grab coffee with them because we don't want to talk to somebody who disagrees with us. But I love that Thomas stayed close to his people. Uh, he was there the second time that Jesus showed up, even though his experience was different. The other 11 disciples were hyped, so excited. Jesus had returned. He stayed with them, even though his experience was different. And I think that that is so important because we need at least one friend um, that we work really hard to keep close. Because I think oftentimes when we feel some doubts, we want to find people that think the same as us. And so we'll start to surround ourselves with people who are doubting too. And then we start to believe a lot of false narratives. We'll get in the circle and we'll start like hating on the church. We'll start hating on our Christian friends. Um, We'll start being like, gosh, does it even matter? Like, why have I been doing these things? And I think surrounding yourself with people who are continuing to walk that walk and who are continuing to love you and pursue you is so, so important. Um, And I just believe that even if it's hard, even if you're like, oh, this friendship doesn't matter anymore because they think differently than me, continue to pursue that friendship because I really believe that as you're wrestling through your doubts and as you're asking questions of your faith and of your Jesus, you need people who get in that with you. Someone who's going to open up the Bible with you and say, yeah, like let's ask questions together. Um, You don't have to go on these doubting journeys alone. And so finding that person that can really speak into that, I think is really important. I went on a friend, a walk with a friend yesterday and she said to me, yeah, like more than ever in my life, I have been tempted to just give it all up and like go the way of the world because like it just feels easier sometimes. Like it just feels easier to be like my other friends. And I got to be that friend in that moment who's like, I get that, but like, it is so worth it to follow Jesus. And you are right where you're supposed to be. Like Jesus never called you to easy. He called you to something more than that. And it was a really fun opportunity. And I feel so honored and joyful to get to be that friend for her in this season, knowing that she's having those doubts. And I know now how to pursue her better and how to encourage her better. And I'm so glad that she let me in on that. And so Mm -hmm. find that person that you can do that with too. Yeah, that's good. And it doesn't have to be like, we're not even saying like, Hey, you got all your friends, like keep all, all your Christian friends and go to all your Christian things still. Like it's okay if you're not in that place yet, but I love just like just one friend, maybe one friend that's a little bit of uh, ahead of you, like a couple of steps ahead of you who can yeah. teach you maybe who has walked through something that also has been like really faith shattering for them. Cause they can give you some perspective there. And yeah, just as it yeah. isn't fair when you're, when you're in your best like moments with Jesus, it's, not really fair to cut out all your not Christian or not best Jesus loving friends. It's not really fair on the other end either to like when you ha- find yourself in doubts to cut out all of your Christian friends. So you got to be in community. You got to be kind through this. And 
I think that, yeah, just keeping one friend is like the best reminder. And you're going to have to work hard for that. Like as you, as that season, you're doubting maybe grows deeper, you have more questions. It might be harder to keep up with that friendship, but I just want to challenge you, like work hard for it, like chase after that person. Don't wait for them to text you. You text them first, like be, make sure they're a part of your everyday life and decisions because you'll need them most in seasons where it's super hard. So Yay. Okay. That's one other thing. Okay. The next thing we wanted to talk about another spiritual practice is, um, this sounds really funny. You're going to kind of laugh at me too, Mac. This one's funny, but to, I was just (laughs) reading your notes and like, this is so cute. (laughs) I love it. This is one of those things that I would never come up with that. I love that you've included for us. I kind of sound like a kindergartner, but this one is to quote, sing, to the Lord, sing to the Lord. And the reason why I put it sing to the Lord, obviously the alternative is the word worship. But I think maybe when you're doubting, this might feel hard, especially like, I just think like the word worship, you think of like just the good old classics right now, like mm-hmm. Hillsong worship, you got to turn on that. What's the most popular one right now? Or what's the one that like was the one that's been around forever? The funniest, I mean, we love them, but they could just be cheesy. We don't even need to bring it up. Okay. Yeah. It just might feel weird to you right now. Some good old elevation worship. We love them, but I get it. Like I can, I, yeah. I can see how this could be hard right now, but I do believe, and we've said this so many times that worship is such a beautiful way to encounter Jesus. It's actually just mm. like a really real way that we can encounter him. I mean, I look at my faith journey and it's in moments of worship where I felt his presence the most um, and he's felt so real to me or where I've received some breakthrough in my life. It's like, it just kind of parts away all distractions and all kind of worldly desires or confusion that I've had. It gives me so much clarity when I fix my eyes on Jesus. Yeah. I realize that that's probably like super hard for you right now. And if you're doubting, you probably have stopped turning off the worship music and you've kind of like stopped going to those worship nights or at least they've become fewer. And so I just want to encourage you singing to the Lord could look like um, some simple hymns. We're kind of throwing it back. And I kind of love throwing back in your seasons of doubt because you yeah. you got to know that the, some of these hymns, I actually was like Googling it just so that I could be more aware of some, some hymns that have been around for a long time. And there's like hymns like this, Amazing Grace, you probably heard of it. That was released <laughs> in 1779. People released. Have- I love that you said it was released. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that album drop. That album drop. It came out in 1779. Okay, I think about how great thou art. That was released in 1885. I mean, it is well, 1873. Holy, 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 1826. Okay, you get the point, but these are better. Do you know holy, holy, holy? Can you sing that for us? Uh I probably know it better than you because I went holy, to a Lutheran school. Holy this is serious time right now but I really do believe that these I really think these hymns if you look at the lyrics yeah, and some of the yeah. choruses they like speak upon the character of God and will remind you of that so yeah maybe you're gonna have to change up your Spotify playlist Apple Music stuff for a second and turn on some hymns and just soak in these truths about the character of God that have been true for so so long because yeah, yeah. 
these other worship stuff, they are new. And it's like more contemporary and written to our culture right now. And that just might be a turnoff for you right now. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, this might be really practical for you to just sing these hymns. Just try it. I think that your soul might feel really fulfilled and yeah, really like, yeah, it might be a really good thing for you. I think it's really good because I know for me, I in harder seasons of my faith, I've gone to like different worship experiences or even church on a Sunday and like looked around the room and seen people worship and it can make you so bitter. I think because a part of you is like, oh, I can't get there right now. Like I can't get in that mind space Mm -hmm. and that heart Mm -hmm. space. Or sometimes I think I start going like, oh, that feels phony or that doesn't feel real. And so I love this of like, get alone in your car and sing how great thou art and really like center yourself on those words. And I think sometimes we forget that that our faith is not just like a good set of ideals. Like it's because something happened 2000 years ago. Like our God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us and he rose three days later. And the early church started singing songs about how amazing our Jesus was and about how he had saved everything, had changed everything for them. And then that faith grew somebody else's faith, grew somebody else's faith. And then these songs... In 1779, Amazing Grace that John Newton wrote, he had an encounter moment with Jesus and he re- he writes about the amazing grace of God. And that was his song that he sang. And I think sometimes like we we turn, we look at our God through our culture's view of God rather than through the purity of who our God is. And I love that these hymns can take us back to the purity of who our God is, his character. And I think it's just a beautiful practice so that you're not like letting those like uh, maybe just bitterness and frustrations from maybe the ways that like Christian culture has hurt you or Christian culture has uh, made you feel not enough. Uh, I think it's really beautiful to get back to just the purity of who our God is. And I love that. So, so good. Singing to the Lord. Yes. <laughs> the next spiritual practice that we want to hit on is remembrance. Um, and I think if you have been walking with the Lord for a really long time, this is so, so important to do. Um, I think that oftentimes we uh, can just kind of write off the moments from our past where we meet, when we've encountered God. And oftentimes we might look back on them and almost discount them and be like, oh, well, I was just like in my feels, or I was just lonely, or I was just all of these different things. But I think looking back, like going back to old journals, I think is really powerful to do. And remembering how real God was for you in a moment of deep need. Um, Remembering that like you felt his presence, like that heart, soul presence where you felt him there with you and going back to those moments. Because Mm. what I think is so true is our God is steadfast, never changing. He does not change. We're the ones that are rapidly changing at all times. We are flippant, flown by the wind. We change all of the time, but our God remains steadfast in every season. And so the same God that showed up for you five years ago when you were 
lonely and broken in your dorm room and something happened and you experience his presence is the same God that is loving you, pursuing you and chasing you when you are in the midst of almost walking away from your faith. He loves you the same way. He's pursuing you the same way. He desires a relationship with you in the same way. And so I Mm -hmm. think remembering how faithful he was in the past allows us to almost lean on that and almost like take from that, take from our faith in the past to help us to plant the seed for our faith today. Um, All you need is one little seed. Like you need one little seed to grow a huge tree, to grow a huge vine that can produce so much fruit. And so go find that seed from your past to then plant the newness of your relationship with Jesus moving forward. And I think that remembrance, remembering his faithfulness from your past and soaking in that is a way that we can plant that new seed for God to produce a new vine and uh, God to produce new fruit for us moving forward. Yes, that's so good and so practical. Just like simply like looking back, remembering, writing a list down and not writing off some moments. Like I feel like there's probably a lot. If you're doubting, you might like roll your eyes at certain moments that you had. Like you look back at like your church camp experience and you're like, oh my gosh, the only reason why I felt God was because the worship band was going wild on stage and we had this moment of prayer that this like pastor really led me into and it was also like heightened and cheesy or set up, set me up. And you kind of roll your eyes at these, like these moments, or maybe there's a person like that really let you down, like a pastor who years later now has like turned away from God or made some major mistakes. And you like have written off anything that mm-hmm. he said or any words that affected your life. But I think what's really true is like, at that camp, like you met with Jesus, like it had a lot less to do with like the situation and the people like think about like what it actually felt like in his presence. Or think about like how you saw him or what changed in your spirit. Like even from that pastor, what things did you learn from the word? Like what things like stood out to you? What revelations did you receive? Like stop thinking about the person or the situation, mm. but think about your God and your father. And I think that will change your perspective on maybe some situations that had hurt you in the past. So um, that's that. So good. Remembrance is really practical. This one's also really practical. And that is um, silence. Um, Really simple. But yeah, here I just wanted to touch on like if you're in a season of doubt, you probably have like kind of stopped having quiet time maybe or at least like your quiet time has felt really dull or you've been having trouble like actually digging into the word of God or journaling or whatever. And so I think for you in this season, instead, I guess I just want to urge you, instead of just stopping doing that altogether, having your quiet time, maybe you could turn it into just some silence, like 20 minutes of silence every day, just sitting with God. Like don't turn that off in your life. And even if it's not like in the morning, how it used to be, maybe it's in the car, maybe it's throughout your day or before you go to bed, I think instead of like, cause I think, and I felt myself do this in other seasons. I'm like, okay, yeah, quiet time. It hasn't felt like the move right now. And then I'm like, then I just start filling my life with plans and craziness and just start mm-hmm. running away from like questions or anything altogether. Mm-hmm. And so I just really believe that if you take the, if you have the discipline 
to at least leave room for silence that God will meet you there and he'll reveal himself to you Mm -hmm. in ways you didn't expect. So yeah, I would just encourage you to have moments of silence. Um, It's a spiritual practice that people have been doing for so long and is so important. So that's that one. Mm, Yes. So good. So good. Silence, super important. And I love that. I love like, I think again, we have been kind of just in our Christian culture. Like we just think, oh, silence is my quiet time and it has to look like this and letting God do something new, like just Mm -hmm. sit try to hear his voice for 20 minutes and it doesn't have to be that like Instagram coffee moment, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it can literally be something new. Go for a walk for 20 minutes and just say, all right, God, I'm here. Yeah. Talk to me. Exactly. That's really good. Okay. The next one, and it might feel counterintuitive, but I think this is really powerful and really important and would be a cool discipline for you to step into if you're experiencing doubt, but that would be some scripture memorization. Yes. We are throwing it back to VBS days (laughs) and um, just encouraging you to have pick like two or three verses that you are going to memorize and that you are going to pull out in moments when doubt comes. Two or three verses, two or three verses that maybe from an early age have just spoken to your heart, have done something to you. And what's so cool about scripture, um, I think when we speak it over ourselves, it is powerful. It is the word of God, the living word of God. And so it has a way of transforming who we are. Uh, there's nothing that we have to do in it other than like reciting it a couple times and memorizing it. Uh, and then it becomes a tool that does the work for us. I believe it can truly cover your doubts. Um, and so it's almost like taking a truth and embedding it in your heart. Like, it's that thing. It's like those lyrics to a song that you will never forget. You hear them playing um, in a store, in a grocery store, and like you just can't help but sing along. If you can yeah. memorize a couple of verses of scripture, it's just in those moments, it's so deeply embedded in you that you almost cannot forget it. So in moments when a doubt slips in your mind, that scripture comes and immediately covers it. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it's really powerful. Maybe you felt overwhelmed by the Bible recently and you're like, there's so much in there that I'm confused about. There's so much in there that I don't even know if I agree with. And I think that's okay right now. In your season of doubt, find three verses that really do speak to you and meditate on those. Let God uh, do work in your heart through those three scriptures. And I think that you guys can tackle the rest of the Bible later, but just start with those three verses, Mm -hmm. know them, love them, meditate on them, use them in your daily life. And I really believe that Jesus can begin to change your heart Mm -hmm. because I believe in the power of the word of God. That's right. I think about scriptures like like Galatians 2.20. It says, like, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Like, you get so much truth in that, like, simple mm-hmm. verse that he loves you, he cares for you, he died for you. And if you memorize it, then you just won't forget it. And so, yeah, it might sound counterintuitive, but I think it's extra, extra important this season. Mac and I are kings and queens, queens, I guess, of um, of Google searching 
verses, you guys. So just go ahead, do that. You're like, hey, <laughs> like I am verses for when you're struggling in blank doubt. and doubt. Yep, doubt. <laughs> whatever you're saying. Verses for someone who is doubting their faith. <laughs> I'm going to find you guys one right now. Okay, yeah. So we got one. I thought Galatians 2.20 was pretty great. Um, what else do we got? Mac attack. Okay. There. Proverbs 3. This is a great one. 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and yes. all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's right. That's good. And as you memorize it and sit on it, you will find even more. Like there really is so like even in what you just said, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, that's good. Oh, bam. Ah, I need to know more about that. And like, I do believe that's true. So yeah, just like even if you're having trouble believing it, memorize it. I know it sounds super crazy, but just try it and see how the scripture changes your heart. So that's Mm -hmm. that one. And I think that's all we got for you guys. So, okay, I'll just recap really quickly so you don't have to rewind this and and see them again. But the first thing we talked about was asking things of God, um, asking for him to show up and not hiding yourself from him. The next thing we talked about was keeping one friend in your close circle that loves Jesus, not shutting everybody off in your life. Just one friend. That'd be awesome. Um, singing to the Lord. It doesn't have to be your good old classic hill song or elevation worship right now. Go throw it back to some hymns that have been around forever. Encounter God through worship and singing. Um, the next one we talked about was remembrance. Um, looking back, remembering moments of letting those build your faith and looking for mm-hmm. Jesus in those moments and not letting them be tainted by the person or the room that maybe you have mm-hmm. a bad taste in your mouth from. And then that we talked about silence, integrating silence. Maybe it doesn't have to be your, your classic quiet time that you've always had, but just sitting with Jesus. And then the last one was scripture memorization and letting these words, the truth of scripture, sit deeper into your heart, into your life. And the last thing I just want to say here is at the end of um, Thomas and Jesus's exchange, he said, um, he said these words, Jesus said these words, because you have seen me, you have believed and blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And what I see here in the scripture is that God really does give us so much grace. He knows that it's going to be, be hard to believe and that the world's mm-hmm. going to throw a lot of other options at us, that the world's going to um, go farther and farther from him And we're going to be tempted to go along with that. And he Mm -hmm. knows that. And so he's like, blessed are you who, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Blessed are you when you take the time to seek my face. Like, blessed are you when you, when you search for me, when it's really hard to find me. Like, blessed are you when it's like, when you gotta like really resituate your life and, and work hard to find me, to be disciplined. And um, yeah, I just, I really believe that he has so much grace for you here and understands that it's not just a walk in the park, but that you actively have to seek him just like Thomas did. Um, And so, yeah, I hope these give you some practicals. And like Mac Mac and I talked about the beginning, we want to continue to have these conversations um, moving forward because we know it's really hard and it's also really relevant right now to um, our day and time. And so, yeah, we'll do our best to learn more about this and um, uh, give you some direction in it all. And we're excited about that for sure.
Yes, we are. We definitely are. And um, yeah, again, just the fact that you guys are listening to this podcast and you're you're choosing to show up and say, hey, maybe that maybe there is something in me that needs to give this another try before I get this up. And I think that's a really beautiful place to be. And I think you're right where Jesus wants you because you're seeking him. And I love that it says, as we draw near to him, he draws near back to us. And so he's drawing even closer to you as you are literally just opening up this podcast episode, which is really cool and really powerful. So we love you guys. Uh, Thank you for studying through the book of John with us. Oh yeah. It's too late. Oh, you haven't. It is the end. If you haven't um, gotten the John study, and you liked these last six episodes, then you're going to love the study. So you have to go listen to our study or go get the study on our website for the girl.com. Um, and we have tons of other amazing Bible studies there that can help you get in the word and uh, just learn to love and experience Jesus through scripture. And we're going to take a couple weeks break, I think, and just really just we're going to sit there And just try to come up with some really great new episodes for you guys because we're loving the podcast more than ever these days. And we want it to be more than a mediocre podcast. We had a long talk. I just want to point out the fact that probably 80% of the audience has turned off the podcast right now. Well, if you're still here, (laughs) oh, if you're still here, can you leave a review? No, let's oh, give them a code. Let's give them a code. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you have one? Uh, well, we can make one. Okay. If you're still listening right now, you can shop on our store for ten percent off, and you can use the That's code. All you're gonna give them? 10%? Okay, fine. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. All right, twenty percent off, and you have to use the code FTGFAM20. F. I feel like no, don't do that one. Okay, use go ahead. the code. Super fan, all caps. Okay, true. Because if you are still listening, super fan, fan, like a fan, a n twenty. Super fan, all caps, twenty percent off anything on the shop. No, wait, I'm so sorry. Super fan, and don't type twenty. Just super. Yeah. Okay. Just super fan. (laughs) Okay, four times out. That's all I had to say. If you're still here, wow, you're dedicated, and we love you guys. (laughs) And we're gonna start spilling secrets in the last minute of every podcast. So stick around. (laughs) Please every time. (laughs) I know we're gonna talk about next time, Mac. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Okay, guys, we love you guys. We'll see you back here in just a few weeks. And podcast fans for life. Bam. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Y'all.